0: Hello, and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Gary Lineker replied to one of my tweets. Oh, via somebody else. And now I've got an insane amount of weird football people uh, replying to tweets about um,
1: politics. Are least saying, like, chat on? Ian McCall and stuff like that nobody said that
0: but I did write a piece about how uh, a kind of funny piece about how France are 100% going to win the World Cup and a Croatian fan has, has uh, looked for me on Twitter and written fuck you and your 100% France <laughs> will win World Cup <laughs> article Croatia Sabasic is the man who stopped Croatia from losing in all games oh and France drew to Denmark and didn't get out with 9 points But who? but guess who did this is all in caps. <laughs> of course. Yeah. If there's one thing there's this no World Cup shout. has taught me,
1: it's yeah. that people um, have a very difficult relationship with irony, I find. <laughs> they Football don't fans understand in irony. Yeah. irony yeah. And, uh, it's sarcastic. taken the World
2: Cup for you to find this out. Though. Well, <laughs> exactly. it's, been a, it's
1: been more of an eye-opener, especially with the football's coming home thing. Yeah. Someone accused us of arrogance in the office the other night. Also, really? Football was coming Agree. home, yeah. <laughs> 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 it wasn't you either. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not coming home. <laughs> I want,
0: uh, speaking of mental football fans... <laughs> You want to tell the story?
1: Yeah, well, we were talking off air um, about uh, how football fans are crazy and will boycott certain products if they're associated with other teams. And I brought up that growing up with a big Manchester City-supporting dad, we weren't allowed to have any sharp uh, electronics products in our house as a kid. Um, And even recently, I bought a a mobile phone SIM card, and it it turned out to be a Vodafone SIM card, and I was a bit like, ooh not sure about that (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have bought that if I would (laughs) known. so yeah the bitterness is is still deeply ingrained within me it's strong the bitterness is strong in this one
0: (laughs) anyway that's enough of that joining me Ian McCourt on today's One Football podcast is Dan Burke hello Andrew Gonzalez. Hello. Francesco Portiel. Ciao. And Alex Mott. Hello. A big crew for a big podcast. The usual email if you want to get in touch is podcast.onefootball.com or should you wish, get onto iTunes, give the pod a rating and leave a comment to let us know how you think we're doing.
2: Dan and Alex, mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. for your loss. Never mind. <laughs> how does it feel? Um, I don't feel too bad, to be honest. I think that the better team won on the day and we exceeded expectations so I, I I was surprised by how well I felt after the final, <laughs> to be honest. Better than the Leeds fan that was standing in front of you? Better than that, yeah. Uh, again, we were talking off air and uh, I was at a beer garden here in Berlin and a Leeds fan, well, he was an England fan as well, obviously, started crying after the uh, second goal. <laughs> <What do you laughs> was he like openly weeping or was it just like a single no, well, he tear was going with down his, the cheek? He was next to his girlfriend and his girlfriend wasn't really that into football and I think he wanted to sort of hide how he really felt but I could see that he was sort of solid his shoulders were going <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry he
0: cuddled into his girlfriend <laughs> no
2: no he was like hiding like the fact that he was oh, crying from her like, like but, from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it was fine yeah it was um yeah I'm not that disappointed I'm really not
1: you didn't cry I didn't cry, now. Did you cry then? No. I yeah. mean I'm happy to admit that I've jumped on the England bandwagon this summer so I don't really have that deeper connection with them that it would really upset me. It's not like when City lose for me, it's you yeah.
3: Know. yeah, but I was working with them and he didn't speak for two hours. <laughs>
1: <which> <laughs> was, I did have to write a thousand words, at point, <laughs> yeah. so I was a bit busy, but yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I, I normally do, well, I do get very invested in the England team, but when I think how bad we were two years ago, I was like really angry after that Iceland game. Whereas with this, you know, yeah, like I said, the better team won. Uh, yeah, it was fine.
0: So we're, we're I think, there's a unanimous agreement then that Croatia deserved to go through.
2: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but up until up until half time,
2: yeah, I think, England actually played quite well. I think we should have been out of sight by we England should have been out of sight by half time. To be honest, I think Kane. Yeah, that was a huge miss. That double miss. I know it was Black Frost side, but he was level, and I think VAR would have sort of brought that back if he'd have scored. That Lingard miss was equally as bad for me. He was mm. sort of edged the area and he loves those sort of curling right foot shot into the far corner. It just sort of, I don't know, it was like a seven-eye and one of my seven-eyes just chipped it straight into the trees. So, yeah, yeah, we should have, I think we should have been 3-0 up by half-time. So and, it's yeah. the, the Kane miss and the uh, Lingard miss, that's where it went wrong for England? Um, and then second half, I think, it was sort of same old England really we panicked um, our wing backs sort of sort of retreated a lot Vasalco had loads of time and space on the right hand side for their right back and then Perisic was causing Young all sorts of problems I think if you're being hypercritical maybe Southgate could have made a change a bit earlier mm. Henderson was very isolated in the centre of midfield um, but yeah again that's being been hypercritical and also we've sort of the First, good team we have played against, we lost <laughs> to so <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I can't be too critical to be but honest. What
3: were the expectations before the World Cup about England? I
2: then? I thought we'd get out of the group, and then I thought we might get to the quarterfinals at most. So, so it's the semi final, yeah, end, and, and so yeah. that's what
3: I'm saying. Like, okay, of course, you were in the semi final, but at least you arrived to the semi-final yeah, exactly. things that
1: in the last 20 years
0: yeah. if you were Serke would you have done anything different on the night?
1: I don't think he should have taken Sterling off when oh. he did yeah, but yeah. if he was going to take yeah. an attacking player he should have put another midfielder on even at 1-1 when, when Croatia made it 1-1 because England were just all at sea at that point mm. and the game just got away from them and I don't think Rashford brought anything more to the game that Sterling no. wasn't I thought Sterling actually had a pretty good game again I also yeah.
4: I also felt that uh, he relied on the same uh, fifteen players since the beginning of the of the World Cup when when there was that that very particular game against Belgium in the group stage. Yeah, yeah. there was some rotation, but it's it was a normal thing. But apart from that, like on the real games, he always used the same players. And the always, same changes, always. yeah. Same changes, <laughs> same players. Sterling always out in the
3: seventy minutes.
2: I think yeah, yeah, Sterling was our out ball, and we lost that as soon as he got taken off. Um, Kane didn't look fit to me. No. I think well, that was my that was my next question. No, I didn't. Was was he fit? I think something will come out in the next few days. He I think he looked knackered after the Columbia game. And since then he was poor against Sweden and he was poor against Croatia. It, it His was,
4: hold at play was good, but he just yeah, he just didn't look fit to me. He was playing really far from the box most of the time. Yeah, he was it, sort of, wasn't getting enough ball so he would come deep. He's Could almost our
2: number 10, wasn't he? Yeah, like, but, he was
4: dropping so deep, but yeah,
2: I he's not t- a number ten. Well, exactly, <laughs> no. I would have taken him off and put Vardy on, but then, or maybe even Welbeck, just as, to sort of push Croatia back a bit. Because as soon as they scored the equalizer, you knew they were going to get a second. Yeah, but the strategy
4: of- changed when they scored the equalizer. I was expecting some reaction from Southgate to go up and try something, and he decided to. Go back, back and try the counter-attack yeah. mm. with Rashford. Um, I, think, like, I yeah. think that's
0: where Southgate's uh, inexperience came yeah. into play. that, yeah, that inability like for that in-game management. I think he could he could motivate the team and have them all, in, you know, have all the conditions perfect and everything like that. But where for me he was lacking was that that tactical now in-game yeah. where he could look at things and say, okay, that needs to change or that needs to change. But I mean, like like you guys say, that he resorted to the same thing every time.
4: In, but, in his mind, he, he thought. Um, Okay, we're gonna have Dyer now. Is a very tall dude, good on set pieces, and I'm gonna I am gonna need another holding midfielder. And that was the idea, but the in the practical, the impractical, it was Dyer playing as another centre back because yeah. it was so deep most of the time. But the same way
2: the team will learn from this, I think Southgate will as well. And I, we, like we, I, put, well, and a lot of people were calling for like a young team, young manager. But we can't ask for that and then ask them to be like, you know, experienced in big games Mm, when it comes to it. You know, you can't Mm. have both things. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we stick with the same group of players obviously we'll stick with Southgate and then I think it was in Good Stead some nice comments from
0: Danny Rose today who was saying that it used to be a bit of a pain to go play for England but now he really enjoys it yeah
2: well I think was it Michael Carrick that said he actually got depressed going to England and that's why (laughs) no that's why he retired he retired from international football like 30 because he didn't want to go just didn't want to go and play for England and it doesn't and it looks like it's the complete opposite now and that's down to Southgate and the sort of environment and that'll be one of the key legacy
0: things from uh, from this World Cup that the, the public are sort of reinvested in the in the England squad.
2: Yeah, it's complete a complete one eighty shift from like I said, from Iceland, how bad we were. I was in France for the Euros and fans were screaming like you're not fit to wear the shirt when they walked off against Iceland. <laughs> yeah. So and now they're getting invited to Downing Street after yeah. the tournament. So yeah, it's a complete, complete
4: shift. I just hope that the the mm, English media can deal with this on a reasonable way I know I'm asking for a lot (laughs) you are asking for (laughs) yeah Yeah. but um, just give him time just get uh, just let Southgate do his job and and let the players play that's that's it just don't go crazy over this Dan any
1: final words on England before we move on well I thought um that Shimi Vrisalko said something quite damning after the game and, and mm-hmm. I've seen a few clips which sort of back up his argument he said that um, you know there's been all this talk of England going into this tournament how they're playing this progressive style of football but when push came to shove they were just knocking it long and there was a great compilation of Jordan Henderson's passes where he was just like it wasn't just him that was doing it but the amount of times he got the ball and it just needed a bit of a calm head to lay the ball off to someone yeah. and he was knocking it into space for no one to run onto. Yeah. So there's still a way to go with England, I think. I did read an article the day before the match saying why England don't need a Luca Modric. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. mm. <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs, Everyone needs <laughs> Everyone a Luca Modric. A uh, elsewhere, Belgium came up against France but did not come out on top. Andre, I think you have some strong ideas where the blame lies on this one, now.
4: Uh, not that strong. It's just <laughs> oh. by watching the game, you can clearly see that there were a lot of uh, um, changes that Roberto Martinez could have done during the game, and it did not. Or, or most of all, it took a lot of time to to make changes and to to make the substitutions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not a Roberto Martinez problem. I think it, it's it's something that we witness a lot in this World Cup that. Uh, uh, most coaches, they they struggle to read the game and to understand what's going to happen next. And uh, again, I'm going to say it's probably because they don't have a, a lot of time to coach mm. the, yeah. the players and understand and read what's going to happen. Um, but with uh, Roberto Martinez, it was really easy for him to find uh, a starting eleven. But without Meunier, for instance, he kind of panicked and he changed the system yeah. Yeah. for no reason because yeah. Yeah, so um, I was expecting more from Belgium, to be honest. Um, I really don't get the, the, what, what uh, Courtois said in the end. <laughs> that was a very odd thing to say, because if you look at the stats, I know that Belgium had more possession, mm-hmm. but you don't win games by having more possession, mm-hmm. and you, should have, you shouldn't know that by now. Um, we'll
0: come back to Courtois in a moment. But, yeah. Okay, but mm-hmm. France
4: had, uh, I, think, I think I wrote this down, Okay, 19 shots <laughs> against nine from Belgium. So you cannot have a million percent of percent of a possession and yeah. and not not, not try and, and shoot the goal. The idea is to score goals. People I seem to forget about this. The whole idea of the game is to score more goals than the opponent. Just that. It's a pretty simple game. It's quite simple.
0: Uh, can anybody explain how Belgium actually set up? Uh, no. I don't
2: get it. I actually thought the first half an hour was some of the best football I've seen at this tournament. I thought... It was brilliant. It That's was like cool.
1: watching a Premier League Super yeah. Sunday game. It was like a high quality. Yeah,
2: every like every touch was brilliant. All the movement was amazing. I, I thought totally it was class. Agree. It was incredible. It was a great, it great was... first but as as scored, the half. But as soon as France scored after the second half, they just shut the game down and Belgium didn't yeah. know what to do. They were to right, do. right to though? Yeah, yeah it's no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, but Belgium didn't know how to react to that. Um, mm. Credit to Deschamps, I suppose. I think what's frustrating people is they're so good. They've got so many good attacking players they win 1-0 from a header. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I get that, but that's they're probably going to win the World Cup because of it, like because of that. So.
0: Those comments from uh Courtois and also Eden Hazard, they're accusing France of being basically anti-football. Courtois said, "I would have preferred to have lost in the quarterfinals to Brazil. At least that was a team that wanted to play football. France are just an anti-football team." Francesco, that's the frustration
3: of losing, you know. Yeah. And you've you say things that you don't really think because Courtois plays for Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) They're not known for the spectacular... uh, And you're talking to a person that... You know, in Italy we don't see many spectacular footballs, so... You know, it's pretty common for us to play defending and then winning 1-0. So I I will always defend teams who play like that. Mm. And I think that Courtois um, Said something just because he, he was he lost and he was frustrated. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah.
4: yeah but I, I can understand one thing. It, it was in the last 10 minutes of the game, there was no football. There, there was a lot of time, uh, people, people on the, on the ground, um, cramps here, cramps there, uh, a yeah, lot of throw wins. Then he
3: wanted to lose against Neymar, yeah, and but, but, and but that's worse than that. But that's part, that's
4: part of the game, and we yeah. all know that's part of the game. I mean, Probably Japan doesn't know that's part of the yeah, game. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true, yeah. Maybe we need to give a call to Japan and... But, um, Talk to them about game management. Yeah, but but it's, it's it's perfectly normal, and I've, I've seen Chelsea doing that, and Hazard and Courtois play for Chelsea. So. Oh, nothing
3: against Chelsea, actually, I want to... No, no, underline that because it's,
4: it's actually a good example, because uh, yeah. it, I always feel like the, when there's a... The, top team playing against a lower team and things going wrong they always say that the, the lower team didn't want to play football yeah, yeah, exactly. it's, not, it's, it's, yeah, not it's not like not that yeah.
0: there's not one way to play football that's no, the no, beauty no. of the game is that exactly. there's so
4: many different ways to win
0: and you can play how you want to play and you've got to play to your strengths and that's exactly what France did that's also because now
3: we we are like Overwhelmed by the tiki-tac idea, you know, that mm. there is only that way to play football. Yeah. That's the right way to play football. That's not true. No, of course, course the right
1: way is the West Ham way. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the West Ham <laughs> way, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Can anyone explain why Paul Pogba plays so much better for France than he does for Manchester United? Uh, in uh, Goulton, Uganda, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's as simple as that? Yeah, yeah it, it helps yeah. a little bit, yeah. Better players. Yeah, it does okay. That's pretty easy. It's it's pretty easy. pressure, I think. But Pogba in has way. been, yeah. I think he has less pressure. in. in you the mean you think about team. the transfer fee? The or transfer fee. like He admitted that. He said that this is something that will always be with me in Manchester United. And we can see that. But he has more pressure there. The media yeah. is always talking about him. And in France, he's, one of, he's part of the team. Yeah. In Manchester United, he's more like so the star. He's the team,
2: yeah. Yeah. And, he's, and he has had a brilliant World Cup, I think. Yes, been one of the best players. Uh,
0: will Deschamps change anything for the final, or will he continue with the same setup? I'm mm. thinking here of Olivier Giroud. No. It's going to be
4: the same. I think yeah. and it makes sense to have Giroud up front. I'm with Giroud. Yeah, it makes sense. You
0: need. He can't even get a shot on target. That's your number nine.
4: You have to you have to look at the number nine. Uh, not only usually it's the guy who scores more goals, but it's not only always the case. And with Giroud, it works a lot for the team. Yeah. And it's really important for for, for a team like France to to create space for Mbappe and Griezmann to have something. And Giroud helps a lot with that because he drags a lot the center backs uh, when when he's. Um, I mean, in in every time there's there's a, a France. France attacking, if you pay attention, it creates a lot of space. I'm on, too on busy looking at him. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's way too beautiful.
2: He's right.
3: the French version of Edin Dzeko. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they played without Giroud in their first game against Australia and they were awful. They only, I think they just about scraped 2 now. Uh, or was it 2 1? Ben Dembele, yeah. yeah. They've, and they've been much better with Giroud Yeah, I'd say. We have it.
4: this modern concept of uh, bringing back the false nine and, and not playing with uh, some kind of target man or a poacher up mm-hmm. front. Uh, but then you're not going to have a lot of space because it's way easier for the centre-backs to mark. And if they're playing with two centre-backs and two holding midfielders, that's even easier for the defenders.
2: Is it uh, Guivarch in 1998 for the French team? I don't think he, he, he had like one shot on target and he played every game. so oh, Obviously it works. Yeah. Luca Look- Toni in 2006 yeah, was uh, more or yeah. less there you go yeah. oh, Luke, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of love for Luca Toni in this
0: podcast yeah. I would say yeah. <laughs> not as much love as there is for Francesco Toddy uh, that's another thing You're comparing two uh, different on things. our way over to the podcast today uh, Francesco was telling us that he cried when Toddy was no.
3: <laughs> he <laughs> said I got emotional not crying
0: it's <laughs> not I mean <laughs> Anyway, there is a big final to play on Sunday, but before we get to the final itself, does anyone care about the third place playoff?
4: No, no, no. no. no okay. Sponsors and money prizes, that's it. Do
2: you uh, get a bronze medal if no, you win
4: it? It's, I don't think. Why do even do care? It? It's, irrelevant. it's irrelevant. Do they have like, it in the Euros? i was trying no. to remember that nah. they don't, do no. they? No, yeah. uh, so. it's it's not, it's, it's if, if you lose in the semi final, both teams are automatically third. You don't have a third place player for the Champions League, it's stupid. It um, I
3: think it's his addition and also for TV rights, they won the, the amount Lose of games. I, I think just, it it's just a yeah.
2: throwback to like the 50s where yeah, teams exactly. didn't like play each other that often and players didn't play against each other that mm. often. So History so lesson
1: from Alex Martin. Uh, <laughs> so Dan, yeah, do, do we, we have the two best teams in the tournament in the final? I think we do, don't we? Yeah. I think we have to say that. I mean, I thought Croatia were really good in the groups and obviously needed extra time and penalties to get past Denmark and who did they play? Russia, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 But I well, think ultimately, tough. yeah, I think we've, we've seen the best two teams of the group and it's a tough one to call this final. Two best teams? Everybody agree? Mm, no.
2: I, I mean, oh. yes, because they're there, but I thought the best football I've seen was Spain against Portugal in like... There was like a 45-minute period where they were just insanely good. But and consistently throughout the tournament. consistently throughout the tournament, yeah. I mean, they're there, so yeah.
4: You, Francesco, so, you disagree?
3: I disagree because I think it was very unbalanced, the...
4: Oh, the brackets, the yeah. The so... True. You kind of right on that one, yeah.
3: So you cannot compare that. We can see, Of course, if Croatia will win Sunday, they will deserve to win the
1: World Cup. But who was better than Croatia, if not them? In that part of the just tournament? Just in the whole World I mean, Cup. I mean, I don't I think, think Brazil were. Maybe no. Belgium,
0: Belgium.
3: Belgium, maybe. I don't
1: know. I don't know if they were. It certainly wasn't Germany. It wasn't
3: that good work-up terms of football, I think.
0: We've touched upon that before, that mm. it isn't. Uh, yeah. I, I have to, no, I'm with Dan on this one. I think they probably have the two best teams yeah. overall. Uh, who's going to be the key players? Who's going to the ones that are going to make a difference? Anybody want to go on this?
2: Uh, I think Mbappe. Is going to be he's the Mbappe against Lovren is going to be very interesting. Um, <laughs> sure. Lovren
0: then, claiming that he's one of the best defenders yeah, in the world. Yeah, four <laughs> days and, uh, before coming up
2: against Mbappe. It's yeah. an interesting take. I think it was
0: Jonathan Lou who pointed out that there's 7 billion people in the world. He's probably in the top 5,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's that's not so bad.
2: Um, and then obviously the midfield, Kante and Pogba, Modric, Rakitic should interesting. And I'm looking oh. forward to seeing Perisic exactly. go up against Pavar. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think that would be, be, be a key one because uh, Perisic. He made Karl Walker look stupid. He was key to the uh, Croatia revival, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So against Pava, who's not a right-back, he's a centre-back, I think that could be really interesting. And if Deschoppins is going to make one change, well, maybe that is the change he makes.
4: But. If, we were joking about it in, um, when we were watching the game, but if France wins the World Cup, it's going to be, for the second time in a row, um, a team winning the World Cup without a proper uh, left-back because <laughs> Germany won true. it with Ovidus and, yeah. and France might win it with Lucas Hernandez is. they're playing with four centerbacks because yeah. Pavard is not even a, a fullback mm. it's, it, it is so weird that something like this happens in modern football maybe we don't need fullbacks
2: but maybe with Croatia, you have proper wingers, you know, Man- with Perisic and Brozovic and Manzukic as well. But I don't I th- know. I think it's going to be tight. It's I'm be really, really tight curious game. to
4: see how fit are going to be uh, the Croatians uh, for mm. the game. Because mm. there are ups and downs with the game with England. <laughs> <laughs> there were some moments like, like you can clearly see that, oh, Rakitic, where is Rakitic? And then we found out that he was actually with a fever. Yeah. Uh, so.
2: <laughs> I read that he's going to play 74th game of the season. Yes. Which is insane. <laughs> he needs a bit of time. More than any player in Europe. Francesco, you're talking about Perisic?
3: I think, yeah, he's the key player because he was very discontinuous in the last year at Inter. So, but the, during the World Cup was amazing, Perisic, I think. He was probably one of the best players in, of the tournament. Yeah. So, What's so the,
0: different between Inter and Croatia that he's playing so much better? Croatia is good. I think there's also <laughs> less pressure for him in Croatia.
3: That's, I, I, I always think about the psychological, psychological side of a player. You know? yeah. In Inter... If there is no Perisic and is Inter is done. I mean, last year I was like that. Mm. In Croatia, there is Modric, there is Rakitic, there is Mandzukic. I mean, it's a team more. He's like he can do basically whatever he wants there, and in Inter, he's more. There is more pressure.
2: And mm-hmm. I think okay. so. And we'll see
0: how he goes. I have to say, when you think about that midfield battle,
2: mm. that's tasty. Yeah. That's very, very tasty. Just hope they don't cancel each other out. That's the...
0: And then you have mm. Mandzukic going up against the French mm. defence. Mm. Arguably the best defence in the entire competition.
2: I'd say absolutely the best defence, yeah. yeah. for Mandzukic is proper big game player yeah. uh...
0: ever since I slagged off the French defence <laughs> yeah. they must have my words
1: written up in the dressing like, a <laughs> yeah. friend of mine said about Manzukic on Twitter the other day that he somehow managed to be 32 for his entire career <laughs> 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 <That's just laughs> I mean he does not look 32 <laughs> Wait, imagine
3: being Kali now.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he must be guys Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Imagine if they win and Karinic Oh, he's good. gonna feel like an idiot. <laughs> technically, he's still like a world
1: champion. Will he, he get a winners' medal? He's like in the was, squad, was so there, yeah.
3: technically, does
1: he get a medal? He got the medal. Yeah, I I so. So. Does
0: everybody in the squad get a medal? Yeah.
1: yeah. Ah. So you Pepe Reina take that medal if you were him, though, would you surely? You'd be I'm a bit <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, would be embarrassed. So Pepe Reina has a has a
0: World Cup winners' medal. Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. Right. We've come to the the point. We're gonna need.
4: Predictions. It's a pretty obvious answer. We'll start with you, Dre. Um, I think France will take it, but I want to say that I'm really, I really want Croatia to win because this is a very special generation of players. They're um, sons of the war. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of them grew up um, with um, many, many concerns uh, when it comes to security. Um, some of them fled the country and came back. And for all these people, it, it, this is the biggest moment ever, and I would like to see them winning this. Okay. Beat that, Alex. Uh, France won now.
0: Okay. France?
1: <laughs> France? to one 2-1. One. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dan, you can have the final say on this one, then. Football's fallen asleep on the train home, and it's going to wake <laughs> up in Calais, I think. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, so we got an email in from Rob Holloway. Uh, an American living in Germany who is obs- absolutely obsessed with soccer I mean he football. called it soccer but <laughs> yeah. and Stuttgart again <laughs> anyway he says even though it's been a hot topic since Portugal got, back, got bounced out of the World Cup somehow Cristiano Ronaldo manages to make himself and the club football the talk of the week in which we have two good semi-finals to look forward to and 12 kids and their coach that just got plucked out of a flooded cave in Thailand. I just hope that he can play competitively in Serie A and win a couple of league titles before he decides to go to the MLS. So Rob is, of course, Ooh. talking about the big news of the week, maybe even the year Ronaldo's move to Juventus so what do we think, Francesco? Can, he, can Ronaldo do it on a wet night in Chievo? I think he will, honestly. Yeah.
3: Um, we call this the transfer of the century, not even
2: the transfer of the year. In Italy? Yeah. Not,
0: it's, not, it's, like, it's not like Italians go overboard about a transfer.
2: <laughs> but the century is only eighteen years old, though. To be yeah, fair. exactly. So it's pretty accurate. And was David Platt
1: to Sampdoria the previous century? Gazza Gazeta Lazio. So
0: you're you're sort of in the know due to your good contacts. Maybe you could give us some of the more kind of interesting details of the deal. Um,
3: what I can tell is that Juve was not confident to sign Cristiano Ronaldo at this time of last week. Uh, Because um, it all started, uh, let's say, two months ago when Cristiano Ronaldo spoke after the Champions League final and there was the sporting director of Juventus uh, um, on Sky Italy and he said, well, Cristiano Ronaldo wants to leave, can be a suggestion, but nothing more. And from that moment on... So
0: before that, had there been contact between Madrid and Juventus?
3: or Ronaldo uh, no, and the no, Juventus? No, 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 absolutely not. But there were Ooh. contacts between Jorge Mendes, which is the...
4: Agent. Agent. <laughs> uh, Super agent. Super mm. agent. Mega uh, agent.
3: <laughs> exactly. Of Cristiano Ronaldo and many other players, including Joao Cancelo, yeah. who went from Valencia to Juventus recently. Mm-hmm. And during the meetings for Cancelo to Juventus, he said to, uh, to the sporting director of Juve, um, you know something about Ronaldo? Like... He might go to it might go somewhere else and they said no, okay, but that's impossible. Well, maybe that's it's not that impossible. Um, they are selling for Millions. we have this agreement because uh, Mendes had the agreement with Florentino Perez yeah
0: because uh, previously was a thousand
3: was a, but the clause was still on thousand, uh, million. Oh, but they just had but a they had, agreement they had this agreement like uh, a gentleman's agreement gentleman agreement yeah. gentleman, yeah. gentleman agreement <laughs> with <the Valentino laughs> Perez and know, the I want to run <laughs> and uh, which which was if there is a team which is not PSG uh, Manchester City probably or Barcelona, Barcelona. like one of the mm. big opponents of Real Madrid uh we we can sell him for 100 millions which is not 100 millions it's 170 millions at the end
4: my theory is uh judgments does this a lot like he wants to sell a player and he said oh you can take this one as long as you take the other one and I have here, <laughs> and he did that with Cancelo. He said, "Are oh, you one Cancelo? I sell you Cancelo if you take this guy right here, Cristiano Ronaldo." Mm. So, so we uh, can
3: say that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with Cancelo cost him like 500 euros. To the <laughs> <US>. <laughs> 500. 500 uh, <laughs> yeah. million of course. Yeah.
1: So to if not you, Wolves are interested. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so the Juventus
0: weren't confident. When did they start to become confident that the deal could be done then?
1: Um
3: at the beginning of this week when they realized that wow. Florentino Perez was actually selling Cristiano Ronaldo because the fear of Juventus was that, that recently yeah because wow. the feeling of Juventus was that Florentino Perez could change his mind mm-hmm. from one second to the other but at the end he didn't no, he didn't so because he's, he's a Ronaldo. gentleman yeah. he's a gentleman and yeah. he now I think that there was no other option for printing Perez. So
0: when uh, the Juventus president flew out to oh, Greece, it was already done. The, the was, deal was it, already yeah, done. he just done. went
3: there to I don't know. They don't think to sign the contract, but to you know to, to meet to him, to in make him in person. Yeah. They had 28 phone calls uh, from um, Agnelli, the president of Juventus, and Cristiano Ronaldo in the last two weeks. That means more than twice per day. <laughs> did Ronaldo
4: <laughs> did, overly attached girlfriend? Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> did Ronaldo need convincing, or was he sort of happy enough to go to Juventus? I think he's very happy. to I think Juventus. He, want, he, he wanted, wanted to go. Juventus. That's yeah. the most f-
3: important thing for yeah, 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 football yeah. is that he chose Juventus, and it's impressive for me because he could go to Manchester United, maybe, and there was like a sort of you know. Uh, he knew the place he knew the league he mm. knew how it'll be, to it would be easy for it him it would be easier mm. think about Ligan, 1 way easier for Cristiano mm. Ronaldo in Serie A I mean he questioned himself and that's what I like about Cristiano it's about
4: said. it's about uh, motivation because if, if you imagine this guy going back to England there's nothing there he's been there yeah. he's done it he seems and like the imagine... sort of player that like knows
2: his place in history yeah like Juventus are one of europe's biggest grandest oldest clubs he's played for probably the biggest club in england yeah. <laughs> biggest club in spain arguably and now the biggest club in italy i think he's and obviously mot- he motivated he wants by that. to make history that's yeah, the most exactly. important
3: thing and he knows that if he brings the champions league to juventus he oh. will make history
0: yeah oh i like that attitude though yeah i, do I love well. the attitude yeah.
3: and also i think he was sick of the dualism with messi and and also the, all the taxation Aren't things. we all? Are we all yeah. sick of that? Yeah. No, but he also was very, you know... It's okay, exhausting and, okay, and it's it, pointless. After nine years, we are yeah. still talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. We are different, we know that. Yeah, so, and they're both great players uh, and we both love them exactly. yeah. a lot. Yeah. People yeah. were still making the you know, balance between mm-hmm. who's better, between mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. So I'm and going the, to Serie a and demonstrate that I can win there. And the and, constant
4: attacks from, from the media. Like if if you're a Madrid player you're going to be attacked by Sport and Mundo Deportivo every single yeah, day that must be exhausting and if you're a Barca player that you're going to be attacked by Marca and us it's, it's really and exhausting how will be treated part, yeah, how exactly he, well, yeah.
3: what I want to say is yeah. that the positivity that there is now in the Italian media mm-hmm. Italian fans Inter fans Milan fans Napoli fans they are all happy to see Cristiano Ronaldo in Italy because it's huge I, I mean since I I live basically I never experienced such a positivity for Italian football mm. because when I grew up Italian football was going very down you know was
0: you missed the glory years I, I missed the glory years yeah. yeah
3: of course so now that Cristiano Ronaldo is coming of course it's not enough because we need more players we need more uh, you have Kevin um, Prince Boateng of course <laughs> it's a good start <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good start but we have uh, we have back Ancelotti as a manager we have back uh, an important player such as Cristiano Ronaldo so we can see that uh, something is happening for the future Okay. And that's why I'm very positive about that. But we need the federation, and the league to we just need, restructure. We
4: just need a comeback from both uh, Milan teams. Ah, to, yeah, of course. Yeah. If if we have uh, Inter and Milan mm. back in the good old days, like strong in Europe, S- Serie A can be S- good again. But exactly. But yeah. Milan have Pepe Reyna back on the
0: box, so that should, that should have a <laughs> good yeah. yeah. Sorry, la-
3: um, last point here. Let me say that. Apart forget Cristiano Ronaldo for one second, both I think Roma and Inter did a great transfer window mm.
4: until yeah. now. I agree. So
3: I'm confident to see like a challenging. Roma have uh, only bought about fifteen
0: players. Good Was it the we got? Jim was going to give us a few extra moments so we can talk about this. Was it the right thing for Real Madrid to do?
4: I think so. Yeah. Mm.
0: Uh, You're talking about a player who scored 450 goals Over one per game I know Over nine years And uh, irreplaceable it's, 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 But
4: you think it's the right thing to do It's the right thing to do Mostly because Ronaldo wanted to leave And if, if you have someone that doesn't want to be in the club It's not it's not going to work out from now on uh, It's it's clear that he wanted to leave It's clear that he wanted to, to join uh, Juve Which is very, very important and uh, Madrid had the, this golden opportunity of making money. And they, uh, they made a
3: lot of money. They made a way, lot of money because they, they bought him for uh, ninety four million. Let's not forget oh, that, for that this
4: guy turned thirty three, <laughs> and they still uh, sold him for uh, one hundred and seventy. Said
3: one hundred seventeen.
0: Yeah. Because it's, okay, it's, yeah.
4: seventeen. That's that's still a lot of money. It's one of those rare deals that's
2: good for everyone, I think.
0: Dan, yeah. you're shaking your head? No, I'm not in my head. <laughs> oh, you're nodding <laughs> my
3: head, sorry. And also, uh, as a common friend that we all have says, a club is more important, Real Madrid is more important. <laughs>
1: than
0: yeah. And I actually agree with that. Yeah. yeah, it's not always the case in Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. um, Dan, if you were our friend, who would you go to? Who would you go to to replace? Name, Arre Ronaldo with?
1: I would go for Aiden Hazard. Would you? I yeah. think. Yeah, everyone said Mbappe, haven't they, as the, as the main one? But I don't think yeah. PSG are going to let them have Mbappe. So <laughs> I think. He, do you think Hazard's got that like real star quality there? Yeah, dear. yeah. I think he has. I think it needs to be unlocked a little bit more, but. Against um, Brazil, I thought he was absolutely magnificent. It was. But he blows so hot and
4: cold, though. Yeah, he? but, but I, I think
1: he just needs a bit of a chill. But you just sold
4: you know. a guy that scores fifty goals per season. But you're and never going f- to get You're never going to directly replace goals but per Killian
1: season. But Kylian Mbappe is probably not going to score yeah. fifty goals a season for them. N- not but the we're United. not talking it's just uh, about
3: goals. I think we are talking more about like what's Cristiano Ronaldo for the football world? Yeah. Like it's, it's an icon. It's an icon, you know? icon, Yeah. And. Azard is not is not an icon for me Mbappe football. is going to be I an icon for sure
2: exactly Neymar also I wouldn't I would go so far clear of Neymar yeah. Neymar it's is toxic rare. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't do it. I would no. jump uh, Listen
3: I would do it but I'm saying yeah. That yeah. I would the mind the Florentino oh, yeah. I, th- I think, I think, think they will go th- for Neymar yeah, yeah. You need yeah. someone to replace him also for other reasons and like than marketing, marketing. About yeah. purposes yeah. Yeah. yeah but
4: I would jump on the Mbappe wagon without thinking twice Yeah I would as well I would go all in for Mbappe
0: Will Real Madrid be okay without him
4: Without Cristiano. I I I need to go to the the market. market.
0: Go on, Dan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would have been in the the school of thought that um, you know it's nice to sort of break for both parties, a fresh start for Real Madrid. But it's going to be really difficult to replace him. Whoever you yeah. get, Neymar isn't going to replace him. Mbappe isn't going to be a, like for like a replacement that starts. Yeah. Imagine
4: so. the pressure from Mbappe is a different thing. I imagine he goes from PSG to Real Madrid, is a start, is starting a new project. He's still a young kid and all that stuff. Um, but imagine the pressure on Neymar's shoulders if he's the one going to Madrid right now. Mm.
2: And we're forgetting one thing as well. They lost to exactly. earlier in the <laughs> summer. Exactly. Which is, which is, I think, an equal loss to them. And two of those in, in the same day. summer. I so you think
0: they'll be fighting relegation next season? Uh <laughs> well, I think it's Europa League all the way for
2: Madrid. No, I think they'll be fine, obviously. They'll finish in the top three, but... I don't think they'll win the Champions League next year.
4: Yeah, they, need, they need to um, invest a lot in, in the transfer market. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do, because um, uh, with all the changes, yeah, that's true. they're, they're going to struggle a lot.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Barcelona fans will love to hear mm. that. Atleti <laughs> fans will love, uh, fan, <laughs> love to hear <laughs> that too. Okay, hung hungover and uh, we should probably leave it at that for today. My thanks to Dan, Andre, Alex, Francesco and hungover demo (laughs) Uh, we'll be back on Monday after the finals to talk about all of that and to recap the tournament thanks for listening